0: Let me ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1. If you weren't able to be here last week, um, I want to encourage you to uh, go online or uh, get a CD from our front office. I'm not in the habit of plugging my own sermons, but uh, we've begun a a series in Romans, and uh, last week we introduced it and uh, had some important material in terms of where we're going in Romans, uh, about the author, and uh, some of the focus of Romans. So um, if you have that opportunity, I want to encourage you to take advantage to hear that. Uh, this week, we're, we're still going to be in the uh, rather lengthy greeting section of Romans. And one of the reasons this greeting from the Apostle Paul is longer is because uh, the church in Rome didn't know him as well, and he had not met them. He did not plant that church. Uh, unlike uh, many of his uh, where his letters went to, they were churches that were very familiar uh, with him. And so uh, it's, it's stretched out and he is, uh, in essence, building a, a rapport with them here before he uh, jumps into uh, just the wonderful theology that we're going to see uh, coming up very quickly and not only theology, but the very practical aspects of that theology. Now, in this section that I'm about to read, uh, there are, well, there's many subjects, but we're going to look at two of them uh, today, prayer and gifts of the Spirit. And uh, either one of those, well, you could do a whole series on either one of those, um, but you could certainly do individual sermons on both of those from right here in Romans. But we're going to take them together because I'm convinced they're related. And so as I, as I read this to you and as you follow along, I, I want you to ask yourself, now how do these two fit together? Why are we lumping these two great subjects together uh, for our our message today. So Romans 1, beginning with verse, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you. Always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do. Do not want uh, you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. In order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles, I'm under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for every carefully chosen word in this passage that is before us today. And it wasn't just carefully chosen by the Apostle Paul. These words were chosen by you to be presented through your Holy Spirit and you chose to use Paul. But you also preserve them so that today we would read them and we would study them. And so, Lord, will you teach us through them? Will you help us even as we prepare to to move toward this precious sacrament before us. Will you prepare our hearts in these moments? We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I'll tell you the connection. It's encouragement. That's how the two of them, prayer and the gifts of the Spirit, in this passage, uh, in my view, are, are connected together. And so I want us to take a look at, uh, at, at how he uses those two aspects of the faith uh, with the church in Rome. He, he starts out by encouragement with prayer in uh, verses 8 through 10. Uh, he wants to make sure that they know, they're absolutely convinced that even though he hasn't ever been there, that he has regularly prayed for them. And he begins with talking about his thanksgiving for them. Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Now notice what Paul does. He, he is specific with God about what he's thankful for because their faith is, is proclaimed in all the world. Now, why do I say that's encouragement? Well, think what it, it would mean to, to those folks. He, he just may be telling them something that that they really didn't know, that they didn't know that they had that reputation. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, being out in the community. I hope you've experienced this, too, from time to time. But I've been out in the community and uh, talking with people that may or may not know me, and, and it comes up that, uh, well, what do you do? I'm the pastor of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. Uh, and uh, they, they think for a second, they say, oh, yeah, and many times they will mention something very specific about the church that they appreciate, or, oh, we've got good friends that go there, and they, they love the church, or something, uh, uh, you know, pertaining to the, you, know, you, you all house the people during the flood, or you have the artist series, or, you know, the car show, or whatever, whatever it is, and it's always such an encouragement when I hear um and and by the way, if they don't like us, they usually don't say, "Oh yeah, you're the you know they don't <laughs> they they don't tend to do that to me at least, so but it's always such a great encouragement when I hear that reputation, especially if there's something that i I wasn't even aware about where people in our church have have ministered and here. Paul is making sure that they know, look, your faith is widely known throughout the world, the world of of that day. Now, I want you to notice, though, what Paul does not say when he talks about this prayer. He doesn't say, I've been thinking of you uh-oh, <laughs> maybe, you're, maybe you're one of those. And by the way, I don't have anybody specific in mind, so. But I hear this a lot. Somebody is, is going in the hospital or, or there's something going on in their life and, and somebody else says to them, well, I'll be thinking about you. Don't bother with that. And you know what? If you, if you say that to me, that doesn't encourage me. I'll be thinking about you. And if you catch me in just the wrong mood, <laughs> I might even say, don't bother thinking about me unless you're going to pray for me too. <laughs> I've only said that a few times in my whole ministry, okay? but Do you, do you get it? You know, to say, I'll be thinking about it, that's off a Hallmark card. You don't even have to believe in God to say that to somebody. But we who believe in a sovereign God who is in control of the entire universe, what we need to be doing is saying, I will pray for you. And then do it. you got to do it. Preferably even right then and there if it's appropriate but make sure it's a promise. And when I say if it's appropriate, I, <laughs> um, I've been in that position. I, I had somebody who, uh, well, it was another pastor, and we saw each other at a store, and we were out in the parking lot. We were just chatting with one another. And I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll see. You. And he said, well, let me pray for you. And it was, you know, lots of people in the parking lot and everything. And I said, okay, you know, and, and he kind of put his arm on me and, and so on. And, and there we were in the middle of the... And he prayed. Let's just say it was a long prayer, okay? <laughs> and I kind of found myself, you know, with one eye kind of... <laughs> Kind of looking around, and and when it was my turn to pray, I I don't know what I said, but it was something like, uh, "Yeah, and God bless him too." Amen. You know. So, so there's, <laughs> there's I I really did appreciate you know him praying for me, uh, and and there's you know I'm sure he saw it as being a witness and everything. There's a difference between being a witness and being a display or something like that so be sensitive to the one you're praying for if you're gonna do it right then and there but that's the best way and you know what you can pray over the phone too with somebody and don't ever hesitate to do that now don't ask me I haven't figured out theologically yet if you're if you're leaving a voicemail whether when you pray it counts then or when they actually hear it. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't figured that one out, but, but you, can, you can pray over the phone too. His encouragement to them was that he was constantly praying for them and thanking God for them, and that should be our encouragement to one another. Now, notice uh, that Paul even encourages the Roman church even in his unanswered prayers, look at what he says Then think about this. In verse 10, he uh, talks about it, that at last I may succeed in coming to you. Verse 13, uh, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far, far have been uh, prevented. So here we see Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, making sure that if the Christians in Rome had any concern at all about why he hadn't been to see them. And realistically, that could have been a concern. They might have said, here we are in the shadow of the government of Rome and, and Paul is out there visiting all these other churches and he's never come here. I, we don't know that they said that, but that I could... I could understand if they might have wondered that. And he wanted to encourage them and make sure they knew that it wasn't because he didn't want to be there. But the only thing that could keep me away, he is basically saying to them, the only thing that could keep me away was if God himself providentially hindered me from coming. And so I, I believe that... That would have been an encouragement to them. Paul believed in God's providential timing, and he was passing that on to them. By the way, I this may sound a little strange too, but I hope you're actually encouraged in in some way by Paul's unanswered prayer. Now let me explain. Here we have the Apostle Paul, and all of us have had unanswered prayer. And I think sometimes we have the tendency to say, well, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong in this prayer formula or something like that that God isn't answering my prayer? Well, if you've ever, and, and, and there are things that will hinder our prayer. The Scripture talks about those if there's you know, uh, unrepentant sin in our life and things like that that can hinder our relationship with God. We're asking against His will, things like that. But here we have the Apostle Paul asking seemingly in a right way in the name of Jesus, based upon the work of Jesus Christ to the Father, And asking for something that from our perspective, I think we could say, yeah, that'd be good if he could go to Rome. That's an important church. He needs to be able to go there. And yet God's answer for him at that time was no. We know historically it was actually no, not yet, you may not go. But he didn't know that. He didn't know if he would ever be able to go. And so if, if you've got one or more prayers that you are praying that you just feel like, well, I, am I doing something wrong here? Be encouraged that, that Paul wanted God to do what, what God wanted to do. That didn't keep him from praying. It encouraged him to continue on. And be encouraged in that with your prayer as well. Now, look at the other aspect. I, that's the prayer side of it. But, but I believe Paul here wants to encourage by the sharing of gifts, spiritual gifts. Now, let's be reminded, we're going to do this really quickly, of some of the principles of what spiritual gifts are. Uh, I've, in your outline, I've, I've got the three passages. I think I wrote them down for you there. But, uh, and I'm just going to read portions of those. Yeah, they're in the outline. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10. These are just other places where it talks about spiritual gifts. First Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we're going to pull some principles about spiritual gifts out of this. The first one is that basically each one has received a gift. And so here's what that means for us here today. If you're trusting in Christ alone for your eternal life, if you're one of his children, then you've received at least one spiritual gift. And no, you are not the one exception. Some of you may say, well, I don't know what my gift is. That's different than, than saying I don't have a gift. But look, sometimes I think we make this way too complicated in trying to analyze what people's gifts are. Let me give you the simplest rule of thumb that I know. It's not foolproof, but um, it, here, here it is basically if you see a need and you can fill that need then God has probably given you a gift to do that. For one thing lots of people you won't even see that need but if God has given you a gift in that area then you will see it and then you say well yeah I could do that then you should do it. Now I don't want to oversimplify, but that's a place to begin. And then what will happen is either that gift will be confirmed in your own heart and, and by the church, or someone you know. it may be that another area is a, a better area of giftedness. Okay, back to this passage still in 1 Peter 4. Um, gifts are not for our own edification or building up. They're, they're to be used to serve one another. So God doesn't give you gifts just to make you happy or fulfilled or anything like that. They're to be used for others within the kingdom. Romans 12, verse 6, and we'll get to this in depth later on, but here's what it says. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Same two principles there if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who uh, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So what we see here is that not everyone has the same gifts, and so we all have to use them if the kingdom is going to advance. If the church is going to be edified, if it's going to be built up, we all have to use our gifts. And then over in 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but it says this, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if you remember this passage, he intersperses uh, illustrations of the human body with the body of Christ. Uh, As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So whatever gift you have or gifts you have, it's because he chose to give you that one. So be thankful for it. Don't envy the other gifts. Be thankful for whatever ones he chose for you. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. And then this was what um, Pastor Mark was mentioning earlier. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you're the body of Christ and individually members of it. So he is talking about how, how intertwined we are as the body. This is the, the section in talking about the human body where he says the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. You can't do that in the human body. And we mustn't do that in the body of Christ. Every part affects all the others. And if one part is doing well, all rejoice. One part suffers, we all suffer. So those are general principles about how gifts of the Spirit are to be used. Let's look at what Paul says in this passage. And he's not teaching specifically about gifts in this greeting, but we can still learn about them from how he talks about them. The gifts of the Spirit are for edification and strengthening. Edification means building up. Verse 11, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Now that's just a reinforcement that spiritual gifts are to be used to strengthen other people for one another. Not just to strengthen ourselves. They are not about self-edification They're about building up the body of Christ. That's what honors him. That's what brings him glory. And then we need to understand also from this that everyone needs that encouragement. Verse 12. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Mutually encouraged. Now, This is showing us that even the Apostle Paul needs encouragement. He could have easily said, Look, I want to come and strengthen you to use my gifts to strengthen this church. And they would have been thankful for that. They would have been happy. But he he says it in such a way that makes it clear, Look, you, you may want me, you may even need me to come, but I need you as well. If if the Apostle Paul needed encouragement, surely we need encouragement as well. And that comes back to us letting others minister to us. Now let me get close to home again here. I know that there are a number of you that are unselfish, that love to minister to other people, but you're pretty lousy at letting people minister to you. Now, I don't mind saying that because pastors are usually the worst of all. You want to minister to others, but when it comes to accepting ministry, you find it really, really hard. It may be how you were raised, and you think, well, I can get through this. I'll be all right, and, and things like that, but you know what? That's not the way it's supposed to work. So, I, you know, I've evaluated this in my, my, myself. I think one of the issues there, as often as not, when people won't accept ministry is pride being too proud to accept from others and there's no place for that in the body of Christ and not only that and that's a sin pride certainly is but if you don't let others minister to you you're robbing from them the opportunity to use their gift and, and do that which God has called them to do. We mustn't do that to one another. So prayer and gifts of the Spirit can be used to encourage. So here's how you should be encouraged. Both gi- gifts are from God for our benefit. Prayer is this. Prayer is God saying, I'm the creator and sustainer of the universe, but I'm also your Father, and I want you to talk to me. What, a, what an invitation that is. And the gifts are God saying, I want to use you in building my kingdom. I don't need you. I don't need anything else, but I want to use you in the building Of my kingdom. So here's the church of Rome facing opposition and the hatred of the world they live in. And Paul speaks into their lives to encourage them. And here we are, the church in Columbia, small portion of it, St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. And we are called to encourage. Hebrews 10, 24, it talks about why, why we come together. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here's what, here's what the writer is saying, is that, we, you know, it's almost like the, uh, the accordion effect. We, we come together, we should encourage one another. Encourage one another in our gifts, in using our gifts, and receiving other people's gifts. And then we, we go apart. We go out into the, our work world and our neighborhood and all that. Then we come back together, like on Wednesday night, and we encourage one another, and then we go out, and then we come back together. But here's the thing I want you to know. Everyone in this room... Every single person in this room can use encouragement about something. And here's our encouragement to do that. Now why? Well, it's out of gratitude as we approach this table. The why is because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And this Table is God reminding us of His great love for us in providing redemption for us. And it is to encourage and then to spiritually strengthen us to do that which He has called us to. This is how He put it in 1 Corinthians 11. for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. I hope you can hear this is a serious thing. This is not just something we do. This is a precious gift that was bought at the highest cost possible. The body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a gift for his children, for you who are trusting in Christ alone for your eternal life. And if you're here today and and you haven't come to that point yet, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you could hear the the beauty of the encouragement of what it means to be inside of of the body of Christ. I'm glad you can watch this this beautiful sacrament that strengthens us and encourages us to go out. But if you're not trusting in Christ for your eternal life, when the elements come to you, when they're passed, just pass them right on by. No one's going to judge you for that. But God says, whatever you do, don't make a mockery of of this because you would have to contend with him over that. You eat and drink judgment upon yourself if you take this and you're not part of the family. You who have young children that haven't yet professed their faith in Christ, Let me encourage you to withhold it from them for now until they have made that public profession of faith. Teach them about it. Let them look forward to that. Don't just say no, don't. Explain the beauty of this and repentance and preparing our hearts for this. Let's bow together. Lord, we, we thank you for your word that has prepared us to approach this glorious supper. This bounteous meal, though it's just a small piece of bread, though it's just a, a small sip of the fruit of the vine. It's bounteous because it is, it is your precious Holy Spirit feeding us by faith with none other than your strength, by your grace. And so, Lord, will you you take these elements from their common everyday use and use them to remind us and by faith to nourish us? Where we have doubts, Lord, will you confirm them for us? We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.